Unchained Rock Show, All Talk with Steve Harrison. You're listening to the Unchained Rock Show with me, Steve Harrison. Now, my next guest has, in my eyes and those of the guitar world, already reached a legendary status. And to what level next, who knows? Street lethal as a youngster, a Mr. Big Man who can destroy, but definitely, definitely has no technical difficulties. It's an absolute pleasure to be talking to the one and only Mr. Paul Gilbert. Paul, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Nothing hurts. <laughs> Indeed, nothing hurts. Always, always a bonus. So uh, I really do appreciate you taking the uh, time to chat to us here on the Unchained Rock Show. So, Mr. Big set to release a new album, Defying Gravity, in the next couple of weeks. So uh, you must be pleased uh, with that coming out quite soon. I am pleased about that. We... Uh we put it together quickly and the urgency of putting it together quickly, I think gave it a great energy. Uh, we had our original, uh, producer, Kevin Elson, who worked with us on our classic records from the eighties and nineties. And we, uh, he returned to the, uh, to the helm of <laughs> yeah. the studio and helped us through this one. And, uh, I, I couldn't be happier. It really is nice to have uh, a good new record to play songs from on our tour. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, I've uh, been fortunate to have a preview copy of the album. Uh, uh, and I've got to say, it, it is a great album as well. And certainly, I think, has sort of captured a whole of that earlier vibe. And I just wonder there, you mentioned Kevin Elson. What was the sort of decision to uh, to go back with Kevin then as the producer for this album? Well, he's kind of an obvious choice. because He, he did some of our best work back then, Uh we always liked him not only because he's great in the studio, but he's also a great live sound engineer. Yeah. And, you know, he's worked with everybody from Michael Jackson to Aerosmith, Leonard Skinner, Journey, and of course with us. And so, uh, and, and we're, you know, we've always seen ourselves as a, as a live band. That's, that's where we, our, our focus is. And yeah. so to have somebody who understands that, uh, to help us, you know, put things together in the studio. That, that's really helpful as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, you mentioned there that it was recorded almost like as a matter of urgency uh, over approximately six days. So uh, did you feel the, the pressure then to uh, deliver or did you have some ideas or actually was it, although the time constraints were sort of there for six days, did it still seem to be quite a natural, albeit quick process then? It it worked out perfectly. I mean, we had, we had no... We didn't have time to mess around. We had to, yeah. we had to go yeah. ahead and, and make it happen. Um, but we all we all came to you know came in with songs and uh, and played them for each other and, and rehearsed and, and put it together quickly. And of, co- of course, you know we, we put the majority of, of the record together in six days, but we still did vocals afterwards yeah. and, and mixed it afterwards. But it really you know it felt like we got the majority of the music done in that amount of time. That's when we were all together in the studio. Then afterwards, Eric, you know, Eric could. Uh, you know, put, put his vocals together. Yeah. So, you know, we, 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 we like to say it's six days cause it sounds like a more impressive, uh, yeah. more impressive yeah. accomplishment. But we, <laughs> We, we did we did polish it up after that. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Now, you've already uh, released two singles, uh, Everybody Needs a Little Trouble and 1992 uh, off of that. And uh, again, been exceptionally well received. The feedback that we've got here on the Unchained Rock Show uh, and ARFM and Heavy Radio is really, really positive um, for those releases. And I've got to say, having l- uh, listened to the album as well, uh, there's some. it's just a, it's a great album and there's some really sort of great, uh, 
great tracks uh, and a sort of couple of standouts for me. I just wondered in terms of, uh, do you always sort of do an album and have a particular favourite track that you like and that you think, oh, that will work really well live? Or, um, you know, do you favour one track over another? And, and if you do, why? Oh, let's see. Well, one of my, one of my favourite things about being a Mr. Big band member it's not just being the guitar player, but yeah. but the singing that we do, all the all the harmonies, yeah, and and that started to really come into play. And you know, we did our lean into a record back in the day, yeah, and uh, songs like Green Tinted Sixties Mind and to, to Be With You and Just Take My Heart, those are all real heavy on the harmonies, yeah, and and so you know, a song like Nineteen Ninety Two, even though it's got this heavy groove, uh, there's huge vocal harmonies in that song. We, we've been we've been playing it live on the you know we've already finished our tour of America, yeah. And uh, and that that song just killed live, you know, not only because it's got a big riff, but yeah. the, just doing those those harmonies feels so good. And that's that's one of my favorite things about being in, in the band is, is singing with everybody. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and of course, uh, been singing with your own uh, solo stuff as well for uh, for a quite a, a lengthy time. You mentioned there also about uh, the harmonies that uh, Mr. Big sort of back in the day and even even up to present have always been renowned for. Uh, and I'm just thinking that Forever and Back is a great sort of sing-along anthemic sort of uh, vocals in that and an anthemic track to, for, to get the crowd singing to as well. That's, that's certainly nice when when we're joined when the crowd joins in. Yeah, uh, you know that's that's always amazing. Uh, and 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 I think it's on a lot of the record. There's there's harmonies. Yeah, uh, you know the opening track where there's 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 sort of a call and a response harmonies to it. And yeah, that's uh, you know I'm, I'm really happy. That's a big part of Mr. Big. You know I think initially when the band came out, people were excited because we were. You know, people knew us as instrumentalists. Yes, yeah. You know, they they knew. You know, Billy's you know can do all this wild stuff on bass. You know, I had my reputation as a guitar player from Racer X. Indeed, yeah. But but uh, you know, I'm I'm have been able to expand. You know, that's not the only thing we do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, and, and again, on the album, there's, a, a, again, another great track. She's all coming back to me now. And I, I, I like the sort of that opening riff intro. Very sort of almost, uh, I suppose, a bit of a pop punky groove, really. Reminds me of uh, like a Spin Doctor's Two Princes groove, then moves into that sort of great, almost sort of uh, 60s uh, vibe to, the, to that particular track. Um, and I just sort of wonder about how uh, is you sort of have these ideas and what sort of discussion takes place or took place uh, as part of writing this album well well that's one of eric's songs so he, he would he would know more about that oh, right, right, yeah <laughs> but uh when we it was, the interesting thing was is is because we we put the album together so quickly yeah we didn't have time to, to do demos like we usually do yeah yeah so um you know when, when eric brought that in or, or when i brought in a you know a song like be kind or uh mean to me yeah you know i uh, instead of being able to sit back and say, here's this, you know, awesome sounding demo I made, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just like, you know, for that one, it was Eric with an acoustic guitar, almost doing like a busker's version, you know, just stomping on the ground and, and you know, singing with, a, with an acoustic. Yeah. And, you know, it's that's that's actually a fairly uh, nerve restricting. <laughs> that could be a little intimidating. Yeah. Because you know, everybody's watching it. You're hoping they'll like the tune, and you, and you know, you're, at the same time, you're you're imag- You know, as the writer, you're imagining all this production. Yeah. But you don't know if you're able to get that across. <laughs> and uh, but at the end of it, you know, we're like, hey, that's a great song. Let, let's let's figure it out. And and the exciting thing is seeing it, seeing the song, you know, go from this from this sort of you know buskers version with just a guitar and a and a vocal to this you know much more 
adorned uh, production. You know, yeah. every, every, the whole band's playing on it, and everybody's adding their their uh, own style to it. And you know, within about an hour and a half, it, it's it's you know, it's got all this energy that, yeah. and, and it just sounds like a completed track. Yeah. So that that process is always exciting. Yeah. And in, that happened a lot on this record. Indeed. And you mentioned there about a lot of energy and, and a track that you just mentioned there, uh, Mean to Me, with such a sort of frenetic but precise killer riff. So, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great track as well. So, I mean, the idea for that particular track and then obviously getting Billy to sort of track it with you on bass. Uh, yeah, that was, uh, it sort of uh, harks back to that, that sort of uh, their early uh, sort of, uh, I suppose, Mr. Big Element that you're renowned for, the instrumental types, that uh, precise precision sort of shred playing almost. Yeah, that one, it, it's, it's interesting because it's the, you know, usually the, you you have the shred playing in the solo and that one, is, it's in the rhythm. Yeah. Although, I mean, although the solo is pretty, pretty face melting as Indeed. well. Indeed. <laughs> but, uh, but that was like nonstop, you know, it's just the, um, the, the rhythm is, is, is really uh, percussive and it's actually... When I wrote it, I, I wrote it based on a drum part. Right. Um, you know, I was sort of thinking about Scott Travis, the, the drummer of Racer X yeah. that I've used to play with. Yeah. Of course, now he's in Judas Priest. Yeah. And, and, uh, and the, the funny thing was, is the this, this original seed of the idea came from hearing a Christina Aguilera song. And I and I listened to the drum programming on the song, and it reminded me of Scott Travis. Yeah. And I thought, even though this, even though this is a pop song, it, it, it's whoever programmed this sounds like they were into metal. <laughs> right. <laughs> the kick drums are going really quick and it's really intense and and and, and so I tried to do kind of a guitar version of that right and you know instead of a, of a bass drum I just you know played sort of a low chunky thing on the on the low string and then instead of the snare drum I played you know some higher chord stabs and so that that kind of inspired the the the, mu- the musical part of the song. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you mentioned there, uh, Paul, as well, that uh, Mr. Big, uh, at last coming back to the UK uh, for six dates um, in November. Uh, and we're certainly uh, really looking forward to uh, your return to the UK, because I think previously it was a, a sort of a, a one-off date, if I'm not mistaken, and then probably about another well, six years or so ago that you did uh, several dates, including a download appearance, if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah. Well, th- we're doing a really extensive tour this time. We're you know we just finished playing a, a, a tour of the states. Yeah. After that, after that, we're going to go to Mexico and South America, then uh, to Japan and uh, some dates in Asia, and then finally at the end we'll, we'll be touring all throughout uh, Europe and the UK. Yeah. Yeah, so are you looking forward to getting back to the UK then? And we obviously uh, doing your sort of uh, clinics and your own solo tour over here. So you, you've uh, covered the UK quite extensively, but uh, certainly coming back uh, with the rest of the guys in Mr. Big. Are you looking forward to that? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, that, that, that's, the, that's the payoff. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun to do a record, but it, it really comes to life when you, you know, play it in front of people. And, and, of course, we get to just play the songs more, and they, they develop them the more that we uh, perform them. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so, so, so far we've added uh, 1992 to the set and also uh, – uh, i got to do them. Everybody needs a little trouble. So I had to sing the riff before I could <laughs> the lyrics. Right. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, 
you know, those two are really working great live. And I think we're going to add some more as well. But you know, that's that was our that's what we've got in there so far. Yeah. So there's certainly a lot of anticipation and expectation from the UK fans uh, and the fact that uh, you've put in there uh, six dates around the UK. So uh, I expect it to be uh, pretty jam packed um, all the way, uh, to be quite honest. Um, now, um, I mean, looking at uh, you recently uh, came over to the UK um, in support of your, your own solo stuff. Um, and I know noticed that um, Billy is uh, doing a date with Talus. You already mentioned there, Scott Travis and Racer X. Do you ever sort of see you getting back and doing a, a gig or two with the, with the Racer X boys, as it were? Or is that something that you think, well, OK, yeah, we've, we've done our bit. We did a sort of reformation and then we stopped again and you're concentrating on Solo and uh, and Mr. Big. Well, I can, I can only be... <laughs> I was going to say I can only be... You know, I can't be three places at once. Indeed, but, yeah. <laughs> But li- li- lately, I have been. Right. Maybe I can't. Play- I can't be six places at once. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, of, of course, Racer X is always dear to me. That's my first successful band. Everybody in the band is great friends of mine. And uh, I think I've, I've just been more musically. I've been ex- really exploring blues. Yeah. Uh, which and it's funny in a way that. that that actually was inspired by being in Racer X because I used to do these jams with Bruce Pouillet. Yeah. And, and, and he was always so much better than me at, at blues. <laughs> and, uh, and it was frustrating to be like, Oh man, he's, he's just kicking my ass again. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so that, that sort of, you know, got me studying it a little bit. And then I, I kind of over the years fell in love with it, the, that style of music more yeah. and more. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's kind of what I've been into as a hobby. And it's really useful. I think it, it it actually improves my metal playing. It improves uh, you know anything that I do. Yeah. Because uh, you know all all musical styles kind of overlap. But uh, I, I don't know. So sometimes I mean I'd, I'd love to do metal again because it's it's certainly it's it's in it's in my hands. You know that yeah. that was how I how I trained myself as a guitar player was, yeah. was learning you know early eighties late seventies metal. Indeed. Yeah. And so that, that's that's just part of my language. Yeah. Um, so to me, the challenge sometimes is just having convincing uh, songs, and you know, I, I I don't ride motorcycles and 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 get in fights, and, <laughs> and you know, so, yeah. so, so sometimes I don't, I don't really know what to write about, you know, because typically heavy metal is is, is is you know you're either singing about like dra- dragons and and, and <laughs> yeah. you know sort of J.R.R. Tolkien stuff, yeah, or. You know, and and so obviously the lyrics that I write myself are things like "everybody use your goddamn turn." Indeed, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, I don't even know what to categorize that. Maybe, I, maybe I, I call it like cantankerous rock. <laughs> is that an age thing? Then, as you get older, you make, yeah, I think it probably is. Actually, I can, I can speak for myself being of a certain age that yeah, cantankerous rock. I like that. And, and is that an age thing that you ascribe to yourself? Then, as you've got older, you've got a bit more what cranky. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and, but I, at the same time, I appreciate when my when nothing hurts and and you know, being yeah. able to get in and out of a vehicle, with, you know, without without anything breaking. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there that you sort of style, uh, you know, you sort of more appreciative of the of the blue style. You mentioned uh, Bruce Brier there, obviously of uh, of uh, Acer X fame, along with yourself. He's gone on to release solo stuff. I know for a short time, this always this always uh, was always a question for me in terms of you did a tour, a G three tour that Bruce was in the band with you with John Petrucci and Joe Satriani and I was eagerly awaiting a release of that G3 DVD just so 
show that I could see you because I've uh, I've seen you on tour many many times over here in the UK, both in your guitar clinics and previously with Mr. Big over the years. Um, uh, and I was always waiting for that sort of G3 DVD, and I'm thinking, why did that never happen? Why have I got to settle for some uh, you know sort of phone shots on YouTube? And was that was it? Was there ever an intention to sort of release that particular one, or is that out of your control, as it were? Well, that's, I don't think anybody ever, ever shot it professionally on yeah. um, that particular tour. Um, and that's, you know, that G3 is the, you know, the, it's a Joe Cetriani franchise. Yeah. That's, that's, that's his, that's his thing. So it, it's sort of up to him. Um, I, I, I actually recorded all, I did audio recordings of all my, my, uh, my band's performances. Yeah. So I've got those on multi-track. Yeah. Uh, and I think I've, I've released a couple of those performances yeah. like as, as, you know, bonus uh, things in Japan or yeah. something over the years. Yeah. But, but, uh, yeah, I, unfortunately we, we, I mean, you know, there's some, there's some stuff that we, sh- that I think was shot with cell phone cameras, you know, that kind of stuff, but, but we never brought in the, you know, the real cameras to Indeed. do it. Yeah. So, so, so actually the one I'm kind of excited about is, um, I, I, uh, I had some friends come in and, and shoot, uh, when I did my last solo tour in, um, I believe it was Brighton. Right. It was yeah. on my 50th. It was on my 50th birthday. And it was a great show. Yes. And we got uh, pro audio on it. And, and I, I saw some of the footage and it's, it's awesome. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm really hoping to put that out someday. I've been so busy. I just haven't had time to get to it yet. Yeah. But I, I think eventually I'll get that one out. And that turned out great. Yeah. And oh, that'll, that will certainly be, uh, be something to behold. I've been seeing sort of uh, elements of footage of that uh, previous tour. And obviously, I think you, did you come back as well and do another couple of additional dates relatively recently over here in the UK as well, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, that was on my last solo yeah. tour for the, the I, I Can Destroy record. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, I, I, also, I also did some clinics. That's right. I did, did uh, but those weren't those weren't my own band. I was, I was just you know sitting in with some local guys. Yeah, but they were great. Actually, that really went well. Yeah. Now you mentioned there about um, your, your style of music. A couple more questions for you, if that's okay. Now you. Um, um, you do sort of quite, or have done quite a lot of uh, guest uh, appearances, uh, and I'm just trying to think more recently on the uh, Aryan record, The Source, with um, uh, Arian Lucasen. Uh, and I just sort of wondered how that sort of um, that invite happens. And I just wondered if there's always that, uh, hi, Paul, this is uh, Arian Lucasen. I've got a new Aryan album coming out. Can you do a guest solo? Is there a sort of an expectation that you'll just uh, like do some felt mating, uh, face melting? about a big interval string skipping arpeggio sequence or do you sometimes think do you know what I'm just going to give him a short uh, sort of blues burst or bow diddly three note with a couple of bends in <laughs> well it, it obviously I listen to the track and uh, for, for better or worse <laughs> I think most people that, that that want me to play on something yeah. they, they want they want lots of arpeggios at least that's what I've discovered because I found if I if I send any blues stuff in it they write me back and say like um <laughs> Not yeah. really what we were looking for. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they want they want cornflakes. I give them cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that. I can imagine that. Uh, are there times when you just think you get that invite and you think, nah, I'm not really too bothered about it? Or do you just think you just welcome any opportunity to sort of guess? Because uh, obviously, you know, getting uh, getting on a guitar and, and shredding is, is your sort of thing. Well, it's, it's. I mean, I don't get contacted that much. So when when I when I do, it's 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 almost you know I'm interested in it. It's like wow, somebody you know, because a lot of people I've never heard of before. I don't I don't really keep up with 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 modern metal music very much. Right. Um, 
and uh, you know, so I'll, I'll give it a listen and and see what's going on. And uh, the, actually, the, the interesting thing is sometimes the the tracks that I kind of wondered like, what am I going to do with this? They, those those turn out to be the coolest ones. Right. Um, there there was a guy I, I can't remember his name. But it was, it was you know, somebody in South America that sent me one, and it was a it was kind of a like I really had to listen closely to it to figure out what the changes were, and it was it was you know a lot of like what do you call it? like atmospheric stuff you know right. it, was, it was it was a lot of overdubs and and a lot of reverb and it took me a long time i really had to listen hard to figure out like what's going on yeah. under this yeah and uh but but at the end i actually i made my guitar part sort of bring out the, the changes that were that were initially pretty hard to hear right and and so i was able to I was able to make the the music much more defined right. harmonically. I, I, I think, and, and after I did that, I was like, "Wow, I'm digging this now." This, yeah. You know, the, and it was always there. You know, I was I didn't change what he what the guy wrote. Yeah, I think I was I was just able to bring it out so and and sort of emphasize what needed to be emphasized a lot more, and it, it really. You know, I, I, and he was super happy with it. So I, I, I wish I could remember what it was. But <laughs> right. I, my, uh, although nothing hurts, my, my, my brain doesn't always uh, hold on to, to, to memories as much as it should. <laughs> yeah, I know that one. I know that one as well. Uh, you, you mentioned there, Paul, about um, not always sort of uh, focusing on either current or the sort of latest heavy metal thing. Uh, I mean, and it certainly is well known about your repertoire. Uh, and, you know, sort of uh, almost sort of, oh, yeah, casually, let's do a yellow mat custard or signus and the sea monsters let's do you know sort of rush let's do the beatles uh, and let's you know get an album out um and is that sort of um something that you still enjoy doing obviously it sounds like that you are extremely busy all the time um and, and is that just something that you do in a sort of a lighter spare moment shall we say uh well i'm pretty busy all the time especially <laughs> be, being a new dad yes um and I've got my online school. With, yep. you know, I've done over five five thousand videos for that yeah. one in the last five years, which is just insane. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I still, you know, I'm not a. Um, I, I never learned to read music very very well at, at all. So the way that the way that I learn music is by, uh, well, of course, by playing with other musicians, but also just by learning songs. And, yeah. and learning learning songs has always been one of my best teachers. Yeah. And I, I and I love to expand i love to learn new things and i just love music so yeah. it's um it, it's funny like if i hear this if there's a song that i love if i if i listen to it i enjoy it but if i play it i enjoy it even more i right. get closer to it yeah. i understand it more like you know the, the, the a couple days ago i learned i figured out all the all the piano chords in the song bicycle race by queen all right and and and, and that's such an interesting song and, and it actually it, it's funny because although i did learn the guitar part too just for the heck of it yeah I'm, I'm I'm more interested in it as a songwriter. So I, you know, I want to learn the chords, and I want to learn what, what Freddie Mercury was doing with the with the piano, and uh, and and I just loved every second of learning that song. And and I you know I, I play it all the time, you know, and I, I play it for my boy because I want I want him to know cool music. So yeah, you know, when, when it's when he's done with his nap, I'll, I'll take up I'll take my acoustic guitar up to his room and wake him up by playing bicycle race with my acoustic guitar. <laughs> right, excellent. Well, it's it's and, what, oh sorry, go on, Paul. Sorry. Oh yeah, that's it. I mean, anything else? I'm. I'll, I'll say. I'll just be, re- be repeating myself. 
<laughs> I was just going to say, because that leads me on. Uh, we, we once sort of met very briefly and had a chat. I think it was uh, it was about 12 years ago, uh, and my son was 10. And he was interested in playing guitar. Uh, and I did ask you then a particular question. And I just wonder if it's the, still the same now. And I think possibly the answer will be yes. But I asked you, what advice would you give to my son who was sort of setting out on gu- to play guitar? Uh, and the, you just simply said, uh, tell him, and you actually did a, a bit of a phone message for him. Uh, and you did say, learn chords. And, and I just wonder if that's sort of a, almost the sort of same advice that you would give to sort of guitar players now. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe more generally, I mean, I, I realize like there are so many musicians that really what makes them great is that they love music yeah. and, and that they, they're passionate about it. And, and not everybody has to be the same. Um, you know, I, I happen to love chords, which is, which is why I, I love to learn them. Um, you know, some, somebody like BB King, you know, I, don't, I think he, he never, I mean, I remember there's that famous, you know, interview with him where he's, he's sitting in with you too. And he's saying, you know, I'm not much good at chords. And, you know, so, you know, that he, he sort of chose his battles yeah. and, and, uh, but, you know, I, I certainly, if somebody asked me advice, they're asking advice from me. And, and I, so I can't help but show them what I, you know, try to turn them on to what I yeah. love yeah. about music. And the other thing I would, I would just say is, is I realize that I really am from an era. And as, as far as guitar playing goes, that era is the 70s. Yeah. And, you know, the, the guitar players that that that, I, that got me into it were, were guys that were playing then. And the, the thing I realized is, is a very specific thing when it comes to playing guitar is I love the thumb over guys, right? Yeah. You know, the guys, guys that played with their thumb hanging over the neck, you know, if you look at any photo of Brian May yeah. or Jimi Hendrix or Mick Ralphs or, or Robin Trower, their thumb is going to be hanging way over the neck. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and the thing that made me realize that is that recently the, the, the trend has been the thumb behinders. Yeah. And, and you just can't get good, strong vibrato and bending that way. You know, you might be able to do other stuff, you know, but, but you know you, you can't play like the guys from the '70s with your thumb behind the neck. Yeah, and so and so that that's that's kind of just a you know a technical gripe that I've got with the, with the modern, <laughs> modern generation of guitar players. So I, I'm just you know I'm, I'm like an evangelist now for for to be a thumb yeah, over thumb person. over <laughs> thumb over rules indeed. Uh, which leads me to my, my final question, and I realise we've been talking for some time. Um, there have been a number of uh, sort of stories published recently in the last week or so uh, about uh, the fact that guitar sales worldwide are significantly lower and showing a decrease. And I just wondered what your sort of thoughts were on that. And if you're aware that that had been sort of published as a, a number of articles of news uh, worldwide. Oh, I had no idea. Um, my, my first thought is I wonder if it has anything to do with the, with like the, what do you call it? There's like some new law where, where, uh, in order to, in order to use Rosewood. Yes. Yeah. You have, you have to, you have to fill out a lot of more, a lot more paperwork or yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but, but basically any, any trend, whether it's about instruments, whether it's about music, there's, there's, that's something I have no control over. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I really don't, don't worry about this stuff too much. You know, I, I just, I just I just love music. I, I play music, and you know that's uh, what what happens happens. Yeah. And uh, so you know I hope you know people continue to love it. I, I've been very fortunate in that you know enough people support what what I do, where I, I can put food on the table and yeah. you know have have a room full of guitars myself. Yeah. And uh, but you know 
what, what what the world does, that's totally out of my hands. Yeah, I just wondered what your sort of views were on the fact that, you know, it, it seems to be in decline and whether that was sort of uh, sort of young people's influences, uh, not really sort of looking to take up a, a, that physical instrument and it's a case of more electronic orientated music. And uh, I just thought... Well, I, actually, I, I, actually, I know the solution. All they got to do is put their thumb over. Yeah. Because... <laughs> <laughs> If, 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 if they've got the stump behind, they're they're not going to enjoy it. They, they they can't they can't get a grip uh, on it as much. So uh, I think that, I think that's the solution. Put your thumb over, it and then we'll you know it'll bring it'll bring it back. Absolutely, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And, and on that note, uh, Paul, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I could sit and talk to you for uh, for hours. Been a, a, a lifelong fan uh, since the early days, and pretty much got everything that you've ever released. Uh, and it, I just want to say thank you for uh, making such great music and not just being obviously renowned as a you know a shred guitarist but absolutely making great music it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you thank you thank you so much rock and roll